Wow, that was quite good. I remember living in the dorm, the guys wouldn't let me come home unless I had like several packs of those Cinnabons. Has anybody ever had those? They're dangerous. Sin. Sin abounds, we used to call them. Sin abounds. Oh my goodness. Hey, it's great to be with you. This is so good. Wow. Thank you for receiving us. The guys, we brought like the A-team with us here. Incredible. If you're from Baltimore or out of Texas, just raise your hand. The guys that came, it's great. It's great. Even Steven here. Even Steven. Uh, <laughs> sounds, uh, he was taking us to the airport and we were just throwing guilt and, sh- no, we were just talking about Texas and just this amazing church here and. He just parked his car and bought a ticket on the spot, and uh, here he is. It's great. This is an awesome, humble, great guy right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to have Pastor Carl from Delaware. Yep. Each one of these guys have an awesome story. I mean, Dave's coming from Frederick. He's helping us plant a church in Frederick, and uh, get, get to know him. You know, get to know him. And I just got to say, what a great welcome. That was an awesome welcome today. And it's great to have your family. This is your family here, isn't it? That's yeah. great. Great to meet. Great to meet all of you. That's great. So how are you doing this morning? Everyone cat- coffeeed up? It's going to be about a two-hour message. Are you okay with that? Thanks, Dave. Dave's going to work. What are you trying to do, Dave? Come on. All right, let's pray again. Hey, you got some, I mean, Pastor Adam and Melinda, what an awesome, just incredible. You got a gift. Yeah. So, uh, so I've got kind of a sobering message and then slash edifying message. Wow. Okay. We'll take both. Okay, so I've been studying about lamentations, so yeah, it's been in my mind. So it's going to complement what we've been talking about this weekend on taking back territory. So uh, Lord, just thank you. Thank you for your presence here today. Uh, Just thank you that we walk by faith. We do not walk by sight. We just exalt you and just may your word be a personal word today of power, Uh, not only encouragement, but empowerment, just strengthen us for the day we live in to be effective, uh, anointed ministers of the gospel of life. Give us real wisdom in these days, these crazy, bizarre days. Uh, Give us your wisdom, joy, and be glorified in these words in Christ's name. Amen. 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 We're in some interesting days, aren't we? Anybody notice that? Really interesting. Interesting is being kind. I was talking with Pastor Schaller recently, and uh, we pray for you here in Texas. You, you are very important in the kingdom of God. This work is very important. I know a tool sing, this guy back there, if you spend any time with him, he's been burning about U.S. missions, and he's actually taken, how many trips have you got scheduled this year? Ten? Nine? Yeah, he's all over the country bringing groups of men to places like Arizona, Cincinnati, Chicago, Boston. We're going to go to Atlanta together. Where else are you going? Uh, 
Miami Beach? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so that it's amazing his heart for the mission. But it's it's getting it's getting hard to talk nicely about what's going on. Have you noticed that? Like and what I mean by that, it's like we need this spiritual tact to uh, not get in, uh, not get emotionally in, uh, uh, vested, but to stay heavenly and gospelly centered, right, with what's going on. And so I've been thinking a little bit about this. We've been talking with the men about taking back territory, how the devil loves to usurp and to steal ground, and and how is it that the devil only has authority that we give him because he's defeated? Amen. He's defeated. He is defeated. So the only authority he has over our life is the one that we give him when we believe the lie and or believe and are deceived in some way when we ignore the truth. And and what a great uh, provision we have to yield to God, as we heard already this morning, and to allow God to take back territory that the devil has stolen and to make these places holy ground. And I want to talk about holy ground today. And where we're standing or sitting today is holy. Amen? Amen. The pizza place we went to last night, very holy. We all woke up. We had crazy dreams last night. Uh, Brother's Pizza. That's some good pizza. That's holy ground. Amen? Sanctified. Glorified. The creamery place we went to. Okay. Just lost the anointing right there. Uh, good times. Okay, so if you want to turn with me to Lamentations 1, think about this holy ground, a place where Christ has dominion, a place where Christ is invited and glorified, a place where he is honored, a place that is set aside for him. And it's a sacred place, just like the Indians had a sacred burial ground, and nothing could be built, nothing could... Really, even going there, you had to behave, be, uh, behave in a certain way. And this is the same way as believers, is that uh, we are on holy ground. But before I get into that, I want us to look at Limitations 1. When you think about Jeremiah... Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And when we look at our nation today, I don't know about you, I am broken and angry at the same time, but more broken that we are starting to see the effects of a nation that's left their fellowship with God. And so the consequences will follow. We have freedom, but not freedom of consequence. So we're going to start to see that more and more. That's why your walk of faith is so important. You are so important in the days to come. Why? Because you are salt and light. You are salt and light. And um, But when you think about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, he was someone that was just so broken before God because he remembered what Jerusalem was all about. He remembered, and if you read through the book of Lamentations, that is an incredible read. Especially in chapter 5, he talks about how we had the crown. We were the jewel of God. We were all of these in the past tense. He remembered these things and the way they were honored because they had a walk with God. He remembered holy ground. He remembered the holiness of God. 
And uh, in verse 1, it's very interesting. And uh, traveling to cities, that I'm sure you see it too, um, but we see these interesting words in one one. It says, how doth the city sit deserted? It was full of people. How is she become a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces, how has she become a slave? That's, she's become a slave. And it's interesting when you read this verse kind of as like a very sobering verse because, and I don't want us to take this in any other way about the good old days and remembering the good old days and wish the, the good old days were today. I'm not talking about that. The, the point here is that the, Jeremiah is saying, I remember when the nation of Israel walked with God that the anointing of God was on their life. And now God had allowed Babylon to burn them to the ground and they were in captivity. Anybody remember how long they were in captivity? 70 years, right? Something like that. I believe that's correct. So... When you read this, you're thinking, oh my gosh, wow, you know, could this happen to my city? I don't want to even go there in that regard, but I am quickened in my spirit that I want to walk with God where two or more are gathered, there is He in the midst, amen? That our decisions, our faith, our prayer, our convictions are more important than ever. Why? Because today we're guarding what is sacred. Because there's a city full of people, but there is desertion. There is death. There is, it's a wasteland. And it's interesting, when the devil is exposed in the book of Ezekiel, the nations will say, is this the one that deceived the nations? Like, it's going to be a shocker. You know, it's like that little thing, that, and it'll be shocking to say, this, we, you know, the unbeliever may say, we believe this lie. Or in some cases, the believer, they believe the lie. Well, I'm just prefacing this. Turn over with me to Joshua. Uh, <clears throat> so Joshua chapter uh, 5. So taking back territory. <clears throat> I know we've gone through a, a significant season with COVID in Maryland. Uh, maybe it's... Uh, a little more harsher up there than here. Um, we are seeing the average 10 churches closed, on average, three reopen. So we're seeing a great diminishment of churches. And so we've been doing a church plant in Frederick, and I'm amazed. I am amazed. I am amazed. Christians meeting us on the street, like starving, like, and coming to our meetings, and they're like, wow, you guys are open. It's like, of course we're open, right? Of course we're And I've gotten a little bit rebellious in my spirit like, because I'm thinking, like, this is the church's time. Like, this meeting today, this is a holy meeting. This is a holy meeting. And to honor God first, amen? So I'll just leave that there. But I just, in our nation, we are in such a unique time to advance, we're in a unique time to say the, the city's full of people, but let's bring in the Holy Spirit and let it not be a desert. Let's not let our faith lie dormant. 
let's let the grace of God be active, right? Action, active, active. So let's look at Joshua. So when you think about Joshua, uh, Joshua, where is that book in the Bible here? It's in the Old Testament, right? Joshua, Judges. (laughs) There it is, okay. Sometimes books fly out of my Bible, you know. So Joshua, Joshua, notice this, Joshua chapter 5. So taking back territory, first of all, it happens personally, doesn't it? Taking God at his word, like we heard, we exalt him in worship. We say, Lord, I, my body is holy. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I am holy. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within us. Yes. Right? We are holy. These are holy hands. I love that. Show me your hands. Anybody ever been pulled over and a policeman said that to you? It's kind of scary, right? Here's my hand. <laughs> Wave. This is important. Holy hands. Maybe our hands were um, prone to mischief, prone to stealing, prone to, uh, prone to many other evil things. But today we have holy hands. Amen? We have holy feet. We have holy eyes. Holy ears. No holy cows, right? right? Holy hands, right? Jesus, we lift up holy hands and he sanctifies us. He commits us to his grace. Well, in Joshua 5, this is great. Joshua chapter 5, it says this. And we see this in verse uh, 13 and 14. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said, Are you for us or are you against us? And he said, No, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. Am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith the Lord to his servant? And notice what he says. This is amazing. He says, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So it, this is only twice in the Bible. It happens in, in uh, Exodus 3 with Moses, right? Right, the burning bush. But notice the first thing that's asked of us. Take off your shoes, right? Take off your shoes. Now, that's actually significant because if we were to look at our shoes today, I mean, what happens with our shoes? It walks through the mud. It walks through daily life. It's daily routine. It's busyness. It's our schedules. It's our way. It's our way, right? And notice in the custom, in the Gospels, they would wash the feet of the stranger or the guests that would come in the house. They'd wash their feet. And that was a humbling yet very sacred action. But my point is not that this morning. My point is loose thy shoe. We have to let go of our natural life. That's what those shoes speak of. And, and we have to let go of our natural life and say, Lord, I'm no longer going to live my life my way, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to live my, wife in a, my life in a familiar way. I'm going to loose my shoe because where I'm standing is holy. It's holy. And it's not the ground that's holy. It's the presence of God that makes our way holy. So no matter how common it is, like with Cornelius, remember that in Acts, when the vision came down and, and Peter said, I can't eat that because it's, you know, 
against custom. And God said, do not call something that's common that's uncommon. Do not call something natural that's supernatural. Take off your shoes, Cornelius. Take off your shoes, Peter. Take off your shoes, Paul. I'm going to knock you off your horse, Saul, and I'm going to make you Paul because where you are now is you're not in control, Saul. You're not in control, Paul. You're not in control, Peter. You're not in control, Thomas. We can go through all all these great disciples. God says, take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. You're... It's not, you're not going to be driving this ship. You're not going to be driving this. You're not steering the boat. Isn't that good? How many are nervous? I don't know. I like to be in control. I've realized that. I think as I get older, I like to be in control. And the more we try to control, guess what? The less we're in control, right? (laughs) I talked with a brother uh, that was supposed to come with us and, um, he uh, was really excited about this trip, and he went in for a stress test, just a natural, you know, routine, and he had to have a quadruple bypass, and the doctor was like, you're not leaving the hospital, so it, was he in control? He was not, and today he's doing great, by the way, but uh, it's amazing how things can change, right? So here's Joshua, right, and he's, he, was, had a, he had a holy confrontation. Have you ever had a holy confrontation? very humbling, isn't it? It's like all of a sudden you are brought to zero. And I want to talk about that just for a few minutes. But this confrontation is when, okay, God, I surrender and yield, and now you're in control. And now I'm following you. No, God, you're not following me. I am following you. And this is what Joshua did. He took off his shoes, and it was a... And I want to give you... uh, Three things that that means. So it was was dirty shoes. It was our routine. It was our way of surrender. It was our natural life. We took them off. And he began to follow the Lord. He was no longer familiar. I read an interesting verse this morning. Jeremiah 14.10. They love to wander. Very interesting verse. Jeremiah 14.10. They love to wander. How How did Israel... Get judged, they wandered away from God. So you might say, Well, if God is always with me, how can I ever wander away from Him? Well, technically, He's always with us, but the ground that we walk on is not always holy. It can be our ground, it can be something very familiar, it can be something very much contrived. And that's why I love this this morning as we raised our hands, we were like, Okay, God, I am yours, the work is the Lord's. This meeting is the Lord's. These are your words, right? These years ahead of us, Lord willing, are your years, right? Right? It's a, I was really touched by my brother was sharing about Heather Mercer. Like she buried her dreams in the Iraqi soil. I love it. That was, she buried her potential marriage, her potential kids. What an incredible, radical way of thinking. Like we bury it all at the foot of the cross. You know what happens? It becomes holy. And God resurrects something and it becomes a whole lot better than anything we could manufacture or create. So think about that for a minute. Holy ground. Josh was like, are you for us or are you against us? And you know what he says? He says, I am you. I am sent from God. I am a representation of who you are in the spirit. Imagine that. Imagine God showing who you and I are in the spirit. 
That would be inc- that's incredible, isn't it? Like we are trophies and warriors of God simply because it is God doing it and not us. Well, let's look at Exodus three for a minute. How you doing? You good? We good? All right. This is just some edifying thoughts I hope today. Familiarity can creep in, can't it? Life is very can be very familiar. We can wander. Three things here. We can have no expectation. We can just show up and kind of go through the motions. And God is like, I want you to expect something great from me. Imagine that. We can have our, our thoughts. We can see our resources. And God's like, I want you to shift from your ability and your resources to me as the source and me as the ability. It's a whole different ballgame. Right? We don't need a lot of people if they're all surrendered to God, right? The, the Gideon's army becomes very powerful, 300 against thousands. Why? Because God's fighting that battle. Ex, no expectation. That's a dangerous place to live. Like we're just kind of going through it. Lord, teach me to have an expectation. Lord, I want to think big. I want to think with you. I, want to, I don't want to limit you, right? I don't want the devil to distract and make my eye double because it says in Luke 22 it says if your eye is single then your body's full of light but if your eye does not become single guess what darkness takes over the light you once had the devil starts to subtly encroach and all of a sudden I'm too busy for God too busy for this this and that and my priorities change when actually this is a very important day I'm challenging myself today, uh, and you hopefully in the, in the grace and mercy of God, don't be too busy for God. Don't be too busy to pray. Don't be busy to open your Bible. Make that a priority. Like, Lord God, help us to enter this holy ground of engaging you, expecting great things from you. Like my family, I want to have a holy family. I want to have a holy atmosphere in my house. Right? I want to guard. It's so funny. I remember in the Ukraine, people would boast and how great their doors were. We had amazing, these thick doors. Like, you couldn't even get through it with a grenade. I remember talking to one guy, like, we have such huge doors. But their windows, their windows were like one pane thin. It was like, it was like crawling the window. It's the same principle. We lock our doors, we have all these alarms, and then we turn on the television and we're raw blind, right? Now, I'm not against television. I am against what's coming across the television. I mean, it is an agenda. It's an anti-Christ narrative. And we have to be very proactive, right? Amen? Amen? Yeah, it's an anti-Christ narrative. So I'm not going to let the devil come and set up shop in my soul. I might have birds fly across my, fly above my hair, but they're not going to land in my hair, right? For those that have hair. <laughs> it's the principle, right? I'm not going to let those things lodge. I'm not going to let the devil take back uh, territory that was once holy ground. Okay, Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. It's amazing. He, he turned aside and saw this great sight, and the bush was not burned. And he, he goes in verse 5, and he said, Draw not thy hither, put off your shoes. I don't know why this strikes me so much. Take off your shoes. Like lay aside the old man. 
right? You ever? I love to hike. You ever take your shoes off after a long hike? What, what's going on? It's pretty stinky, isn't it? God's like, lay aside your stink, right? Be, let me anoint you. Let me make you brand new. Let me totally move you in a direction that you were not ex- expecting. Well, familiarity, no expectation, no engagement, and self-centered. God's like, I want to move you from that place to a sacred place, a sacred place. What, what's the sacred place? It's a place where we're set apart unto God. Isn't that good? We're set apart. We're, as Daniel said it, where's Daniel? Somewhere. There. We're living for the audience of one. What a great way to live. We were on doors this weekend and some guy, you know, thought, you know, we're talking about the Lord and he says, oh, you're really religious people. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You've got, you've got us mistaken, right? We're set apart unto Christ. We're not checking boxes. We're not, we're not conforming, but we're being transformed. And we had a great time with this guy. He had this huge truck. I mean, honestly, this thing, he needed a ladder to get up into it. Great people. Jackie and Christian, I hope they come. Great people. Uh, but we're set apart. Imagine being set apart. Like we are consecrated. We're like, okay, God, we're not much, but we're but things are mighty when you're in, in your hands. We're set apart. We're set apart. Lord, we're just bowed before you, and it's holy ground. Holy. We have a new and holy way in Hebrews 10.20. It's amazing. Set apart. We worship. Isn't it great to worship God? Like, we worship while we're waiting. Maybe you're in a challenging place today. I know I am. I'm in a very challenging place. But you know what? It's good. God is dismantling the old man. It's good. It's not fun. It's painful, but it's good. As he increases, what happens? We decrease. So this is nothing that we can do. It's just simply, okay, Lord, we're set apart. We're set apart. We want to know you. We want to glorify you. Then thirdly, he creates wholeness. Wholeness. Joel 2.25 he restores the years that the canker worm has destroyed. Anybody? Do you guys have cicadas down here? Did you guys have any cicadas? Did you guys have cicadas down here? Oh. So. Uh, nope. So we have some weird. We have these cicadas in Maryland. I mean, it's like. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. They're unholy creatures. They're like Revelations chapter nine three. <laughs> I'm serious. They got red eyes, and they're just like my son, who's seven. When he sees them, he literally screams. So, uh, so he's so he's in the pool the other day, and like these cicadas are flying over his head. I mean, it looks like the locusts from uh, you know Babylon, uh, Egypt. So my son's under the water. <laughs> He's like holding his breath and I'm like throwing down their oxygen to him. But uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, why did I bring that up? Cicadas. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. But anyway. Oh, yes. Thank you. Someone's listening. That's great. He rest- like bad decision, wasted years, strange thinking, strangeness, bizarre 
bizarre things, God says, if you turn to me, I will restore it. It might not look the way you might think, but I'll restore it with an eternal perspective, an eternal uh, purpose. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Broken families. I mean, that's one thing that breaks my heart in our church. Broken families, broken, just brokenness. There's a good kind of brokenness. There's not a good kind of brokenness, but God is saying, turn to me, and I will, I will make you whole again. Isn't that good? We can't fix ourselves. Isn't that edifying? It's incredible. Some t- Israel learned a really tough lesson here in the book of Lamentations. God had to bring them back to zero. And I'm going to close with this. The zero principle. And this is, this is a really important lesson that I think God will show us all in different seasons in our life. Because grace, we cannot help God. Grace is not uh, me helping God. Grace does it all or it does nothing at all. And this is the mystery. God will wait until our strength becomes nothing. And he says, okay, are you ready for me? Are you done doing your Christian thing? Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resurrect it, and it's going to be incredible, right? So the zero principle, three things. Three things, are you ready? You're such good listeners. This is so good. Zero principle, seriously, like God brings us to ground zero. And this is where our shoes are taken off, right? Jesus like, I'm going to wash your feet. Peter's like, wash me all over. You know, I love Peter. Don't you love Peter? Peter's like, so number one, I am nothing, only that which Christ says that I am. Think about these three things. This is what happens when we take our shoes off. This is what happens in holy ground. We become uh, God conscious and no longer self conscious. Lord, I am nothing, only that which you tell me that I am. What a what a great way to live. You ever have everyone like? Have you ever had someone fill you with like these thoughts that are like they're talking like from the pit? And you're like, wait a minute, you can't offend a dead man, right? I am nothing, <laughs> only that which God says that I am. What a great way to live. What a freeing way to live. That's, that's a beautiful place of holiness. Number two, we deserve nothing. Whoa. I mean, you've been super hospitable, by the way. It's been awesome here. We deserve nothing. You ever have, you ever have somebody in your life that is like looking to be served? That's a tough person, isn't it? Zero principle. We deserve Zippo. That, that's a real, that's a real, that's really good. That's a good way to live. Like everything in my life is a gift. Isn't that amazing? You're a gift to me. My enemy is a gift. COVID was a gift. My psycho neighbor is a gift. And I have one of those. Mm. You guys are lucky you can bear arms down here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't good to say. Okay. And then thirdly, thirdly, we're owed nothing. We're owed nothing. Process this with me. It's interesting. I am nothing, only that which Christ says that I am. I deserve nothing. That's a big one. American Christianity kind of crashes and burns on that one. And I'm owed nothing. This is radical faith. And you know what happens? 
It's no longer I that lives, no longer that you that live, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me, who cares about whatever, who else loves me. You love me, God, and gave his life for me. That's amazing. So we might be confronted with the captain of the host, and it's like, what do we do? We say, Lord, whatever change, whatever interruption, whatever... um, hijacking in our plans, God's like, okay, I just want you to take your shoes off. I want you to just trust me. I just want you to worship me. I just want you to be set apart unto me and just realize you're not the issue. That's a tough lesson, isn't it? My expectation today with you is in Christ. It's in the faithfulness of God. And you know what happens? We take back territory and the devil's like, The devil only has the power we give him. So the zero principle, you know what happens? It's like a suitcase without handles. The devil can't grab anything, right? In temptation, the devil can't energize the uncrucified area in my life. Why? Because we're crucified with Christ. Houston, Baltimore. We could name all our cities in the United States and the world. They don't have to lie desolate today because you and I are walking in faith with courage and boldness simply because it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. I just want to encourage you today. Your life in the kingdom is very important. These are very important days. And I'm stirred up in my spirit about it, as I'm sure you are. And let's just watch God make these unholy places holy places. You know, I, I remember in the Ukraine, and my brother, I'm sure, said it, we would uh, baptize in these old communist pools. I love that. It was so good. Communists, the years of the communists. God will shut it all down. Every There will be one day we'll stand before the Lord. God will redeem those years, those decisions, those those, those things where the devil had advantage. You know, the devil has no advantage over you. Why? Because we're set apart unto God. And you know, the battle is the Lord's. Isn't that good? Isn't it great to wake up one day and say, the battle is the Lord's. My future is the Lord's. My summer is the Lord's. My church is yours. That person that's helping me go to the cross on a consistent basis, <laughs> they're yours, right? It's awesome. So let's, uh, let's just uh, thank God today. We're on holy ground. Yes, holy ground. Sacred ground. And whenever the devil tries to make it about us, the zero principle, what's the first one? What's, what's the first one? We are what? We're nothing. Only, don't forget to be part of that now. I don't want to be like <laughs> martyrs over here. Only that which God tells us. That's a great way to expose the lie. What's the second one? You deserve nothing. Whole. Everything in my life is a gift. What's the third one? We're owed nothing. All these years I've done this and the elder brother... We're spiritually bankrupt, right, Pastor Carl? (laughs) We're poor in spirit. Okay. Precious Father, thank you. Thank you, God. You gave everything to make us rich in your spirit. God, help us to 
be that one that trembles at your word, that surrenders all our stuff. God, give us power in these last days. So many seek encouragement. How about seeking empowerment of the Spirit to be energized in our calls, Lord? We want to really just have wisdom, courage, and boldness in these days to make you known. Thank you, God, for this church, this amazing body of believers. This is holy ground. Lord, help us to go in these barren places and declare your goodness, declare your greatness, and to redeem these desolate cities for the glory of God. Lord, just really give us tremendous authority in these days to make you known. Thank you, Lord. Just bless these words to our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.